Welcome to today's Bible study podcast of Bible College Curriculum for September the 10th. Let's go ahead and open this session with a moment of silence followed by the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for coming on today's readings. I hope you, uh, you're getting plenty, plenty of food for thought. That's what they're intended for. To get into the Word of God and to ponder all day long what we read as the Holy Spirit moves it around in our consciousness and produces good results. In Jesus' name. Here we go. September the 10th. Faith to Faith. His Still Small Voice by Gloria Copeland. His still small voice. In 1 John 2.27 it reads, But the anointing which you have received of God abided in you, and you need not that any man teaches you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth. 1 John 2.27 Have you ever noticed that you are sometimes aware of certain things even before you know what the Word says about them? That's because the Holy Spirit is inside you teaching you the truth. He is speaking in your spirit. Then your spirit relays His promptings to your mind. Suddenly you have a new thought. I need to forgive that person, you'll think. Or I need to stop saying those unkind things. As you become more aware of the Spirit of God in your everyday affairs, you'll be quick to hear and obey these promptings. You'll actually get in the habit of allowing the Spirit of truth to reveal the will of God to you. And believe me, that's one habit God wants you to have, His will. One of the first things that the Spirit said to me when I began listening to His promptings was to spend more time in prayer. As I obeyed, I began to be impressed to spend at least one hour a day in prayer. After I began to do that, he revealed it to me in his word, Matthew 26, 40. Since then, I have talked with people from all over the world who are hearing the same thing. Believers everywhere are hearing the Spirit of God direct them to more prayer. God hasn't given the Holy Spirit to just a few special Christians He's giving him to all of us. And if we'll just learn to be sensitive to his voice, he'll guide us into all truth. Think about how different you will, your life would be if you knew the truth of God about every situation. Doesn't that just make you want to listen to your spirit? Doesn't it make you want to be on the keen edge of what God is saying? Start turning your ear to his still, small voice within you. Honor him and welcome his guidance into your everyday affairs. Listen for his promptings and be quick to obey. He's ready to speak to you. Amen. And now for our Bible passage from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 15. 
Jesus the true vine. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned for greater fruitfulness by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful apart from me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who parts from me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, you may ask any request you like and it will be granted. My true disciples produce much fruit. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey me, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father and remain in his love. I have told you this so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I command you to love each other in the same way that I love you. And here is how to measure it. The greatest love is shown when people lay down their lives for their friends. You are my friends if you obey me. I no longer call you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father has told me. And now for our next reading for September 11th. Don't be disturbed. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. Psalm 33.10 Again, the Lord brings the counsel of the heathen to nothing. He makes their devices of the people of no effect. Psalm 33.10 And In other words, the Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. 11. His intentions can never be shaken. Amen. What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people he has chosen as his inheritance. That was verse 12. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. Amen. Now, you may be facing trouble today that's being caused by people who have willfully plotted to harm you, to do harm. They may be trying to steal your business, your home, your children, or even to destroy your marriage. If so, I have a word of encouragement for you. According to Psalm 33:10, God will bring the plans of those people to naught. He will make their devices of none effect. The counsel of the heathen is brought to naught, but the counsel of the Lord stands forever. 
Remember this, when you make God your stronghold in the times of trouble, no one can overcome you. No matter how powerful they are in the natural, the odds are in your favor because you trust in the Lord. They may think they got an edge over you, but God is on your side and that gives you the advantage. Rest assured you are eventually going to triumph over this trouble. In the meantime, if you'll set your affections on the Lord, the thoughts of his heart will continue to be coming into your heart. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart, none of his steps shall slide. Psalms 37, 30-31 God's counsel will give you stability when all the world around you is shaking. Evil tidings will not be able to steal your peace. The thoughts of God will immediately rise up and rebuke the devil, tidings from taking root in your heart. Don't let temporary successes of the troublemaker disturb you. Instead, mark the perfect man and behold the upright. For the end of that man is peace. Verse 37. In Psalm 33, 1:10 says, let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise Him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for Him on the ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song of praise to Him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. For the word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything He does. He loves whatever is just and good, the unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. He assigned the seas its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. Amen. And with that, let's go ahead and go to our next reading for September the 12th. Change the Image by Kenny Copeland. In Romans 8, 24 and 25, it says, For we are saved by hope, for we were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't have yet, we must wait patiently and confidently. Romans 8, 24 and 25. According to Romans, hope is actually looking at something you can't see. How do you do that? You do it by looking at the promises of God in the Word until your inner eyes, the eyes of your spirit, a picture is formed. For example, one of the hardest things I ever had to do was face the fact that the inner image I had of myself physically was fat. Yes, fat. It didn't matter how hard I tried to change, it wouldn't go away. I was always on a diet. I must have lost and regained hundreds of pounds over the years. I finally had to admit that as long as my inner image of myself was fat, my outer self was going to match it. Remember, it's 
faith that changes things. And without the inner image of hope, faith cannot work. So I decided to fast for seven days. I searched my Bible for every scripture I could find on food and eating, and I found many. I meditated on every one of those scriptures and prayed in the Spirit for seven full days. What was I doing? I was laying hold on a different inner image. This is not something you can do overnight. It takes time, especially if the inner image you're changing has been there for years. But you can do it. Go to the Word of God today and begin to change the image inside you. Change them from the images of despair to images of hope. Get a blueprint in your heart and your faith will build on it. Scripture to read is Romans chapter 4, 16 to 21. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. And we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scripture mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God has said to him, That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promised. Amen. And now let's move on to our next reading for September the 13th. Isaiah 59:16 says, And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Again, Isaiah 59:16. He was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. So he himself stepped in to save them with his mighty power and justice. When someone hurts you or hurts us, our natural human reaction is to strike back, to ask God to clobber them, but that's not God's way. I realized that one time when some relatives of mine got robbed, I was praying about the situation and puzzling over it. Lord, I began to ask, why did you let that happen? Why didn't you just knock that thief over the head when he tried to do that? Suddenly, God enabled me to back up from the situation and look at it with spiritual instead of just purely natural eyes. When I did that, I knew the answer to my question almost as quickly as I had asked it. It was because of his mercy. God has great mercy, not just for me and my family, but for others too. Think about that. Next time someone does you wrong, instead of asking God to knock that person in the head like I did, consider the fact that as honorary as he may be, he may well have a grandmother somewhere who's praying for him to be saved. Stop and remember that God loves him enough to die for him. 
that he's longing to pardon, not punish him. Then you can begin to pray for him instead of against him, uniting yourself with his grandmother or anyone else who happens to be praying for him. You can go to the Lord for mercy for him, and you can go up against the devil on his behalf. That's real intercession, and it throws the forces of darkness into total confusion. They have absolutely no defense against it. The Lord is looking for people who are bold enough, committed enough to do that. Dare to be one of them. When you're tempted to clobber someone, dare to change his life instead. And now, reading from Luke 6, 27 to 36. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to others sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. Isn't it interesting on this Bible, I'm reading from the New Living Testament, it doesn't say your reward will be great in heaven. You know, I said, I don't need it in heaven. I need my reward now. If I'm going to pay that big of a price for someone that's uh, cursing me and talking bad about me and, you know, and making me, I want my reward now. There's another passage in the Bible that says, Give me a token for good that I may show you off to the world. Many, many passages in Psalms uh, 19, uh, 32, I believe. This talks about, oh, that you would bless me now. Something in that nature, you know, so the world will see your love on me. Amen. Doesn't that sound like a just God? And this Bible, the point I'm making, it has it properly. It says, then your reward from heaven will be very great. (laughs) Now that's encouraging, right? In the old King James, it says, The guys, they couldn't believe that we're going to be blessed as much as uh, God says to be blessed. But it's been my experience. I've been blessed, folks. I've been blessed. Continue to do the things the enemy does not want you to do, you know. When I used to make pancakes at the park, I still do, by the way. Uh, I had a lot of resistance, you know, and... uh, I kept moving. I kept forward. Now, I don't even think about it. It's, I, I say, I'm done making pancakes. 
And inside me, the Jesus in me just gets up early in the morning, starts making pancakes for the crowds on Friday morning and for our meeting. Anyway, I love you. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming on here. We got one more reading for us. And hang on for the 14th, please. Okay, September 14th. Take Correction by Gloria Copeland. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instructions to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. Proverbs 9, 8 and 9. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. Amen. There is one thing you can do that will accelerate your spiritual growth more than almost any other thing. Learn to take correction from the Spirit of God and from His people. So few believers seem to be able to do that. When their preacher gets in the pulpit and preaches about something they already know, about some aspect of their life they're already submitted to the Lord, they think he's great. They like him because he makes them feel good. But the moment he stands up and begins to preach about something they're doing wrong, they take offense. God says that's foolish. He says in Proverbs 1-7, Only fools strike out at or despise correction. So don't be like that. When your pastor or anyone else in the body of Christ has a word of correction for you, receive it gratefully. Appreciate those who share the wisdom of God with you. When someone points out somewhere that you missed it, instead of reacting against them, examine yourself and say, Is that right? Does that agree with the word? Do I need to make a change there? If the answer to those questions is yes, then make the changes you need to make to get you your life in line. I know that's not easy. None of us like to be corrected. But if you make up your mind, you're going to receive that correction anyway, that you're going to remain teachable. You'll be able to go on and on and grow in spiritual things much more quickly. One man said, if you think you already arrived, you aren't going anywhere. Remember the next time someone corrects you. Love that person and thank him for speeding along your spiritual progress. If you do that, you'll come out ahead every time. And now for reading more scripture, Proverbs 3, 11 to 24. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies, nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand, and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down the lifeful path. All her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. By wisdom the Lord founded the earth. 
By understanding, he created the heavens. By his knowledge, the deep fountains of the earth burst forth, and the dew settled beneath the night sky. My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them, for they will refresh your soul. They are like jewels on a necklace. They keep you safe on your way, and your feet will not stumble. You can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for coming on today's uh, readings and teachings and, and lectures in the Word of God. By Faith to Faith, Gloria and Kenny Copeland. We are grateful for theirs. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord smile and carry you in His arms and fix you. Fix you that it'll never be a problem again. That you'll walk soundly, sleep soundly, and have riches and honor following you all over the place. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. Amen and amen.